Hey everybody, it's uh, Dr. Lyle. Welcome to another episode of the Critical Science uh, Podcast. Today is uh, February 3rd, 2023. I'm saying the date uh, mostly because there's something newsy I want to talk about. Uh, When I get asked the same question by a lot of different people, it tends to make me think, hmm, that might be a good thing to talk about on the podcast. So some of you might be familiar um, in the news, there's been this... uh, recall of uh, a particular aerosol sunscreen uh, made by Banana Boat. And the reason why it was recalled is because there was benzene found in it. And the question that a lot of people keep coming back to is, um, you know, how did the benzene get in there? Because it's not, it's not an ingredient that, uh, you know, the folks who make Banana Boat uh, list, it shouldn't be there. How is it getting there? And is it going to impact my health? So let, let's, let's tackle some of these things. So with aerosols uh, today, it's pretty common to be to use um, propane or butane or isobutane, um, these kinds of chemicals, as your propellant. And uh, so what, what do I mean by that? So this the propellant is the stuff that's in the can that is going to, when you press the button, force all the rest of the stuff out. So it's rather common to use uh, what we call a volatile gas, like isobutane, butane, propane. There's other things too you could use as well, but it's not uncommon to use these gases that um, are are fairly inert. They're not going to react with, in this case, the sunscreen and do things to it to change it or anything like that. They're, 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 They're inert, they're not gonna react. And so you'll use uh, pressurized butane, for instance, or pressurized isobutane. And when you press the button and you're releasing it, you know, the stuff comes flying out. It's it's not a whole lot different than, you know, when you open up a bottle of pop, right? You open it up and it's under pressure, right? So you open it up and sometimes you'll even see some of the, uh, you know, condensation come out. But you definitely hear that when you when you open it up, right? And so that's the carbon dioxide rushing out of the bottle. You know, with aerosols, it's 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 very similar with your aerosol cans. What's happening is you've got that isobutane or that butane or that propane, whatever you have in there, and it's under pressure. It's under extreme pressure. And then when you go and you press that button, it releases it, and then all the stuff comes flying out, right? So that's that's the that's the principle of what's going on here. Um, so why am I bringing this up? Well, I'm bringing this up because butane, isobutane, propane. These are all products uh, that we get from the crude oil industry. So what happens is um, the, the crude oil industry, you know, we're, we're, we're going out, we mine, uh, we have the crude oil coming up and out. And, and within the crude oil, you've got lots of different uh, what we call organic chemicals. Organic just means basically, I'm going to simplify this, but it's, it's basically you have a bunch of carbons, Right. So, for instance, our, our our gasoline that we use is, you know, a bunch of long carbon chains. Uh, sometimes there's oxygens attached to these carbon chains and you get different kinds of chemicals like methane, butane, isobutane, propane, um, methane. I already said methane. I can't I can't double dip. Uh, but anyway, you know, you get these things, these these gases, right? When we call them organic gases and. When, when you're producing isobutane, butane, propane for aerosol purposes, you know, you're trying to separate that stuff out 
and get it as clean as possible. But sometimes you've got other uh, other contaminants that will come with it uh, from the crude oil um, refining process. And one of these contaminants is benzene. Now, benzene is kind of an interesting uh, chemical structure. It's a uh, it's a it's a carbon ring, so six carbons, and um, it, it has some really interesting properties uh, chemically. And you know, um, I'm a chemistry nerd, but I'm not going to bore you with all all that. Um, but that's all that to say that you know, benzene is very common. It's it's uh, found all over all around us we're surrounded by benzene all the time uh it's produced you know when you when you um uh light stuff on fire you're going you know one of the products will be benzene so if you're you know people who smoke uh they're combusting you know their cigarette their cigar their uh, pipe tobacco whatever it is there's going to be some benzene within the smoke uh wildfires produce benzene volcanoes produce benzene um benzene is a contaminant in lots of things uh we will use benzene in chemical synthesis as well. So, I mean, benzene's all over the place. And what's, what's been happening of late is, um, you know, technology's cool and science is cool. And as science advances, our ability to detect things in the environment gets better and better and better. And so we have now much more sensitive um ways of detecting different kinds of chemicals. And that's kind of what we're seeing here is we're seeing an improvement in our ability to detect different kinds of chemical contaminants within products. And that's great. And that's cool. Um, however, I, I predict we're going to see more and more of these recalls, product recalls for low level trace level contaminants. And that's, that's what we see here in the case of benzene the levels of benzene that they detected in the products was extremely tiny. Uh, my guess is uh, based on some other studies I've seen, it was really close to what we call the limit of detection, which means um, it's, it's close to the level where the instrument couldn't detect it. So these are really low levels. These instruments we have today are far more sensitive than they were even, you know, 10 years ago. So they're able to detect levels of, say benzene at much lower quantities than we could before. And like I said, benzene is a contaminant in butane, isobutane and propane on occasion. And I think that's what's happening here is we know that uh, uh, in, in other uh, banana boat products that are aerosols, they, they tended to use, uh, I believe it was isobutane, maybe it was butane, I forget, uh, but it was one of those chemicals. And, you know, it's not uncommon to see, you know, benzene contaminants in, in there, uh, even when they're 99% pure or whatever, it, you're still going to have some contaminants and, you know, perhaps the levels of benzene were high enough for it to be detected in these particular cases. And, that, and that's, that's why they did the recall. Um, I can't speak for why the, the company would want to recall it, but there certainly is uh, rules about, um, you know, you can't sell a product that is adulterated for instance. And, uh, adulteration means that you have, uh, well, in some ways, adulteration can mean that you have a chemical component that is within your product that's not supposed to be there, i.e. benzene. So I'm not entirely sure um, what the thinking was on the part of the company to, to conduct the recall, but uh, that is certainly the first thing that comes to my mind. Now, like I said, I predict we're going to see more of these types of uh, recalls. Um, and again, 
Uh, to me, these, uh, in my opinion, these look like uh, adulteration recalls. It's not that the product is intentionally adulterated. It's the fact that there's uh, chemical contaminants that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we probably couldn't detect. But today, because the equipment is much better, we can detect. And so, you know, we're probably going to see more of these cases of uh, benzene, for instance, being found in lots of different places because, let's face it, benzene is a contaminant in a lot of the materials that go into the production of a lot of products, um, anything that has chemical synthesis. And as our ability to detect benzene gets better, our ability to then identify that there is a uh, potential uh, adulteration uh, goes up. And so in my opinion, we're going to see more of these types of recalls. Now, brass tacks, does this matter uh, for your health? Um, let's start off with the scary headline. A lot of places like to uh, uh, talk about when they're talking about this particular recall. A lot of news organizations like to say benzene's a known carcinogen. All right, now I'll, I'll just stop right there. Sure, cancer is one of the hazards, but like we talked about in the previous episode, there's a difference between risk and hazard. And and, and really, you know, if we wanted to list the, the hazards of all the chemicals that we know about, um, let's start with water. All right. So for some reason, and I don't know why, but the press doesn't like to say water, a known lethal agent, even though that's kind of what it is. Um, they, they, you know, they're, they're kind of unfair about this. So yes, benzene can cause cancer, but there's, there's a threshold level of, uh, you know, where benzene is particularly safe. So the, the iris program has, uh, cancer slope factors that they've calculated for benzene and, you know, we can use those and we can calculate, okay, so if this really was a trace level, if this was, you know, a very tiny amount, you know, over the course of 70 years, if you had, you know, this, uh, a particular exposure to this uh, benzene at this, you know, at a particular level, would you see an increase in cancer? And, and to be honest with you, you, you actually have to get uh, pretty high uh, levels of benzene exposure on a daily basis over the course of 70 years before you see an appreciable increase in your risk of actually developing cancer. Um, certainly these trace level amounts of benzene, even if you're exposed to them every single day, it's just the concentration is far too low for you to actually develop cancer. Now, other effects, uh, again, you're still below the level for non-cancer effects we wouldn't be concerned about. So no, you know, the, the levels for a person using the product as directed uh, is not going to see an increase in harm from uh, these extremely tr low trace level amounts of benzene. Uh, like I said, from a, from a product regulatory standpoint, the issue really revolves around the fact that what we're looking at is likely an adulteration. It's, it's a contaminant that should not be there which suggests that there's an issue either in the supply chain or in the manufacturing. Ultimately, it would be called a manufacturing defect. Um, and that's really what we're seeing, and that's, that's what's driving this recall. So anyway, just wanted to make sure that uh, you know, people had awareness on, on what's happening here. And like I said, from my opinion, uh, th this is you know, an abundance of caution, and it's, it's a recall that's likely due to the fact that there is uh, – an issue in the supply chain. Um, however, like I said, contaminants happen. It's impossible to get 100% pure any chemical. And 
you know, we will likely see these types of issues with benzene uh, continuing into the future. What what I would like to see on the regulatory front is a more science-based approach uh, for, um, and again, this isn't necessarily for the FDA. This is this is a problem for, for Congress. Uh, Congress needs to change the laws such that we do allow for some level of these types of contaminants because as our ability gets better to detect the contaminants, we're just going to see more and more recall. So this is an area where I think we need to get some education uh, at the level of Congress and ultimately see some uh, new laws being passed to allow safe levels of these types of contaminants. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone. That's uh, that's it for this episode. It's kind of short, kind of sweet. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. Again, uh, let your friends know uh, about the show if you like it. Uh, give us a like on different platforms. Anyway, I'm Dr. Lyle Bergoon. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.